What if you were the living embodiment of all pervasive peace? What if all sentient beings all around you increase their vibration towards harmony by merely being in your contact? What if through conscious reasoning, focused will, and intentional living, you reform yourself? thereby becoming a catalyst in sparking transformation in others. I'm Shilpa Lewis, meditation, mindset, and mindfulness coach for midlife mompreneurs, and you are listening to Omnipresent Awareness, the podcast that will inspire you to use your story to serve humanity, and not just healing, but thriving as souls, each fulfilling their highest purpose. Welcome to Omnipresent Awareness with Shilpa. This is your host, Shilpa Lewis, owner and founder of Omni Mindfulness Coaching. Before we get started, if you haven't already booked a free discovery session with me, click on the link in the description. I am a holistic transformational life coach specializing in helping midlife mompreneurs bring balance, clarity, and life alignment both personally and professionally so that you may live your best life. There is tremendous healing value in simply being able to know someone is holding authentic space for you to listen and be accessible as an accountability partner and mentor. If you feel overwhelmed or if you feel the need for some support navigating life as a mother or as an entrepreneur, I would love to provide you with my coaching. If any anecdotes from the stories of the guests from this episode or any of the podcast episodes resonate with you, or if you find any value at all from the content from these episodes, then consider booking a free discovery call with me. Together, we can manifest my vision to be instrumental in the biggest rise in consciousness and awareness and human transformation. And now, here is today's episode. And now, a conversation recorded with my partner in awareness, Tanya, from our joint podcast, Mindful Mompreneur Moments. And oh yeah, if you could, please listen to the very end of the podcast for powerful insights from our guest. Thank you. Next up, Shoshana and Adam Chain. Shoshana and Adam offer an inspirational story of how they went plant-based after Adam received devastating health news. Both had always been fitness coaches, and seemingly followed a very healthy diet and lifestyle. However, their lives changed overnight when Adam is diagnosed with a rare tumor on his kidney. Not long after, their son developed enzema, while Soshana struggled with PTSD. Almost overnight, they decided to adopt a plant-based living lifestyle. They founded Plant Trainers and made it their mission to educate and support others about the benefits of plant-based living and fitness. They are also co-hosts of the popular Plant Trainers podcast, in which they share their findings from their research and experience 
on how others can improve their quality of life through a plant-based lifestyle. Shoshana works with families to promote cellular healing and achieve rock star wellness and helps holistic practitioners do the same. She also has a special interest in redox signaling molecules and is an executive with Redox Biotech Company and the number one best-selling author of the children's book, I Am a Peaceful Goldfish. Adam is a plant-based athlete and nutrition fitness, and triathlon coach with over 20 years of experience. He is a two-times iron triathlete. He has completed several marathons, ultrathons, swims, and has successfully helped individuals with their nutrition and athletic endeavors, big or small. They live in Toronto with their two plant-based kids. So stay tuned for Shoshana and Adam's story. Shoshana and Adam, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We're, we're grateful that we're here. We're grateful that you've asked us and we're, we're just really looking forward to having a great conversation today. I am so excited. Sorry, Shilpa. I just want to say glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited about this episode and sitting with you guys. And I literally know that we're doing the right thing and aligning with the universe, so to speak, because of connections with people like you. I, I'm getting shivers just saying it because <laughs> I say this because I, I, in going a little deeper into your, um, into your work in preparation for this, um, I listened to your last episode, your last podcast of the Plant Trainers podcast, the one with Troy Aiken. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in the basketball court. Like I was on the basketball court all the time. I played all the way up until university and always had a little bit of consciousness mixed with, you know, sports aggressiveness that, you know, I had, I had both of them with me. Um, so it was so good to hear all of the things that he had to say, the plant bands, the consciousness behind all of the, you know, the balls that he makes and, and you guys is, Plant ba- plant-based living and the way you are so conscious about the environment and our world, it resonated so deeply with me. I just had to tell you that right off the bat that I'm very excited that you guys are here. Um, Thank you. That being said, I want to jump into the first question, which is tell us a little bit how your journey even began with plant-based for, and everything. For sure. For sure. And Tanya, before I just want to say thank you for saying all that about uh, listening to our show. And it, it really means a lot to us because on this side of the microphone, we don't really know who's listening and all the people that we have the opportunity to impact. And whenever we get feedback, it really, it means a lot. And when that feedback sounds like what you just mentioned, it just it reminds us that we're doing the right thing as well. And we're sharing the right messages and, and speaking to a lot of people that we may never ever meet or speak to, but we're, we're having that chance to interact somehow with them, even if yeah. it's one-sided. Yeah. So I'm telling yeah. you, I had goosebumps listening to the, the episode and uh, it, it resonated so deeply with me. Yeah. So thank you for Amazing. it. Amazing. Thank you. All right. So our, our story and how things began for us, um, 
Adam grew up more than I did an athlete, but we both grew up athletes in our, in our own way. And, you know, we were fit, we looked good on the outside. Um, we became personal trainers, both at different points in our life too, to every, every teacher needs to supplement their income. So we, we were teachers and, um, you know, life was, was pretty good and, you know, aches and pains and getting a little bit older and having children and all of that. And then one day Adam had a pain going through his heart and his chest and his arm. And he thought, Hmm, am I 36 years old having a heart attack? What's going on here? So he went to the hospital, they took some tests. They said, you're not having a heart attack. If there's anything you need to know, we'll call you back. And then a couple of days later, the phone rang and we found out that he had a tumor on his kidney and I was pregnant with our daughter at the time. And it really was shocking to us because we were eating healthier than all of our friends. And we were, you know, working out more and it didn't run in our, in, in his family. So it was kind of, we were kind of like, why is this happening? Yeah, it, it was a very strange time and very stressful period of time as well, because we didn't really know what was up. And when they told me I had a tumor on my kidney, I was like, well, what can I do to fix this situation? And they wanted to immediately put me on medication, have surgery. And I didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. It wasn't a cancerous tumor, but I only found that out months later. And so you can imagine the thoughts that you, you think when you are told that you know, there's something growing inside of you and it's not a baby. And there was a baby too, though. <laughs> there was a baby yes. at the same time. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. And so uh, short story is I, I did as much research as I could. And I came across uh, research from Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn about reversing heart disease, because while I have a tumor, they also then told me at some point that I have the beginning stages of heart disease. So that really triggered me into well, first of all, how's that possible? I'm I'm fit, healthy, young guy. Uh, but it turns out a lot of it had to do with the food that I was consuming. And I came across a plant-based diet through the research that I read. And I decided that overnight, I was going to give it a shot because what did I have to lose? So I became plant-based overnight. And I looked at Shush and I said, I'm, I'm plant-based tomorrow. And I said, what's that? And he's like, like vegan. And I'm like, that's some kind of vegetarian, right? I had no, I like, you know, you'd heard of it and yeah, we had vegetarian meals at home, but he had been asking for more meat, more meat. What's with all of this like vegetarian stuff. So it, it was a little bit shocking. And I said, well, I'm an overwhelmed new mom with another one on the way at, or no, I just had the second one. So I had two, like two under two. And um, I was kind of like, well, can you just eat fish once a week and chicken once a week? And, you know, we'll, we'll figure out the rest as we go. And he, he didn't really want, but when that day came, I'm like, this is dinner, like eat it or make your own food. And he picked it up and put it down and got up and made his own food. So he was, he was in it to win it at that point. <laughs> really committed. Yeah. 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 And haven't turned back since the heart disease disappeared, the tumor started to shrink. And I got into Ironman triathlons because I read books from Brendan Brazier, who's an Ironman champion in Canada. And it just inspired me to go down that route. And I've been, it's, I'm coming up on 10 years now uh, of being completely vegan, plant-based, and it's definitely impacted our lives in so many ways. I mean, I'm here to be able to tell the story when they told me I would no longer be here. So Things are amazing. And because of that transition, we got into 
podcasting, we got into sharing the story with others and helping people change their quality of life for the better. You know, that's a wonderful uh, perspective that, you know, not having had vegetarian meals and um, because I grew up um, with a Hindu diet. And so it was always interesting when people would ask me, well, um, you you can at least eat chicken, right? (laughs) I would say, no, if it's got a a central nervous system, I probably won't touch it. But in in that regards, a lot of that came from me because of this a notion of mindfulness, being um, non-violent towards other living creatures. Um, what other modalities have you integrated of m- mindfulness in your lifestyle? Maybe it existed before or it came in after? So I think that once we started to pay attention to the food that we were eating and the more, the more you go down the plant-based rabbit hole, you learn that it's not just the plant-based foods that you're putting into your body. It's so much more, right? All of these pillars of, you know, your, it's not just exercise, it's your movement throughout the day. And it's, it's your mindset and it's meditation or stress management or who you're spending your days with, right? So all of this starts to come into play. And I think we both took on meditation as a means of stress management, um, around the same time, but in two different manners. Mine was more, I was experiencing postpartum depression and I was having some mental health issues, stress, depression, anxiety on and off of medication. So for me, the meditation came as a means of dealing with that. And then I think if I could speak to you for you for a minute. Like, we don't always do that. you know, Adam started doing these long runs, long swims, long bike rides, and he started to speak about it in a very meditative way for him. It was his way of being with himself and picturing the future of being there for our children. And, you know, the the thump, thump, thump of each foot hitting, striking the ground as he ran, that was his meditation at first until he became you know, more into doing like a seated meditation. So, and it's evolved for both of us so much over, over the years. I think it started really with becoming more aware of what I'm putting inside my body and how that affects me as a whole. And that awareness developed into, I mean, it's an awareness muscle that I grew basically. And it, it led to being more aware of everything, not just the food, but how my body reacts and how my mind thinks and how I'm interacting with other people. And it just, the environment and the planet and the animals, it all started to come piece by piece. And and of course I'm not done. There's so much more learning to do. And I continue to evolve as someone who's more mindful every day. It sounds like both of you have taken a very holistic approach, not only psychologically or, or I would say spiritually, but even in terms of how you approach nutrition. Yes, I think that at first we thought we knew everything about fitness, right? Um, Because we were both personal trainers. Adam was an athletic director. I was also a phys ed teacher as well. Um, So, you know, there was that. And then we kind of said, oh, well, it's the food. The food made the difference for Adam's tumor, really, and his heart disease, really. Like, that was the main the main thing. Um, and then it was like, oh, wait, exercise isn't just exercise. It's, it's movement. It's, you know, being kind to your body. It's so many different things. And then the meditation came in. And then we kind of realized that it wasn't only food. Not only food was going to heal you. And not only food was the number one healing 
for everyone. And if you're, if you were like me at, at, at one point about four years ago, I say four years ago was about the tail end of me having a year long struggle with my hormones. And I did everything I would have asked my clients to do. I tried high fat, high carb, both within a plant-based diet. Um, I did Chinese medicine and acupuncture and chiro- I did, I did it all. And I still wasn't get and meditation and the exercise that I was able to do because my body wasn't handling it. My whole immune system would break down if I were to exercise too much. And then I realized, Hmm, supplements aren't necessarily the enemy either. The right supplements can absolutely be a changing factor too. So we do take a very holistic approach. I think to everything, to raising our children, to the way that we run a business, you know, everything really comes into that. Yeah, it's just, I, I love that you are able to share with our audience as well that um, Adam's version of meditation before was going for long runs, feeling the pound of his feet every time it went. Like, it's so important for people to know that it's not necessarily just sitting down in silence and trying to erase everything out of your mind. There's so many different ways to do it, and people are so different in their ways that what works for one may not work for the other. And then he, you know, he eventually found meditation to be another really great tool, but it's, it's really important for people to know that it's not the only way, you know, so thank you for that answer. How would you say you live with intention besides what you've told us, because we, it sounds like everything you do is with intention. Uh, can you give a, our listeners maybe just one more example? Cause the podcast is mindful. I mean, everything you do is pretty you know, I mean, I, I would say that no, not everything is intentional. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like, like we're not perfect. It's, it's definitely, we try to be intentional. Well, I don't like using the word try, but we, we are intentional as much as we possibly can be. And we are always trying to continue to have purpose behind everything that we do. And there's a reason for everything most of the time, right? Like it's hard to do it always. And sometimes things don't go as planned or we aren't doing things the way we really wanted to do, but it, it, the intention is there for everything. It just looks a little different sometimes. So I don't want people that are listening to think that we're perfect and we are always doing things correctly intentionally. Of right? course, thank you for that, yes. Yeah, and I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. So I was also going to say that I tend to be an overthinker as well. So there is such thing as too much intention. And sometimes when you sit there deciding, hmm, well, what is the real, what is the real way of doing it? Or how should I do it? Or how do I be mindful of everyone's feelings and the uh, planet and the earth and the animals and my children and my husband and myself and before you know it, you haven't made a decision. You could have done five other things. Um, so, so I'd say, you know, to Adam's point, yes, we we definitely try to be mindful about everything, but we're not perfect, and that's my way of spinning out of control, unperfectly too. And sometimes you have to just set the intention and do it. And and I mean, yesterday, for example, so I have um a, a little accountability group with two other women, and every night before we go to bed, we post one to three things that we need to get done the next day that we kind of know we might not do if somebody else isn't looking over our shoulder. And sometimes those are tasks, but sometimes those are how we want to show up. And I had not really done any how we wanted to show up. And then two nights ago before I went to bed and I said, 
my, my intention for tomorrow is just to be in the moment and be as kind to myself as possible. And full disclosure, we had a hard day yesterday and it kind of just like happened like that. And had I set a different intention, maybe I would have not have been as capable of dealing with the emotions that needed to come up yesterday had that intention not had been set. Not that I dealt with it perfectly, perfectly, but um, I, I don't want to think about how I would have helped, dealt with it had I not made those intentions. So sometimes it's about writing down a word of, of who you want to be in that day and just trusting that you're showing up as your very best self. Absolutely. I, I agree with you that even in the practice of what we do as mindfulness coaches, it's a daily practice. It's like my meditation one day will be great, another day not so great. But having that intention, and I like that idea, what you said, like you said it in the morning. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, my dad went through knee surgery, and it put a lot of load on me in terms of anxiety that I didn't know even existed in my body until one day I said, I'm going to become more aware of my energy and try to be centered. And then the universe decided to make it a really hard day. <laughs> and I felt it, but I would not have been as self-aware had I not set the intention. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that because... I, I agree that we are all here on a daily basis to do our best. Um, one thing I know that our listeners are really curious about, and I am as well, um, let us know how living a more plant-based life is considered a more sustainable lifestyle or any thoughts you have around that topic. So there's so much data out there, and I don't want to just like spew the data, but in more of an anecdotal summary of it. I mean, the amount of water that's taken to create a quarter pound beef patty versus oh, anybody who's watching that's super cute. Um, <laughs> the amount of water that's made to to have a beef patty and the amount of water that's made for the lentils to make to make, you know, tons of patties. There's so much water that goes into irrigating the, the food for the animal and then transporting that to the animal and then water that the animal needs itself and then breaking it all down and transporting it again. There's so much energy, so many resources that go into that. Um, the, the fuels, the majority of fuels that are polluting our world are for the transportation of agriculture, animal agriculture to be specific. So there's just, it, it, it's just creating such, it's taxing our planet. It's taxing our planet for our children, for our grandchildren, who knows what's going to be. And it's really scary to think. I mean, we already know that going back to, to certain countries 10 years apart or even five years apart, they look so different. Um, and, and to think that more and more land, more and more trees are being cut down so that you can have these big, beautiful fields for animals to graze so that you can have organic animal or grass-fed animals, but then how many animals are losing their homes because the trees are being cut down and they're being forced away. And it, it's, people don't understand how there's such a domino effect that is really just destroying our world. And it, and it's just, it's, it, it makes my heart hurt. It really does. It really does. I mean, I, I agree just because of the sensitivity I already live with being conscientious of the trees and the animals. And each day, even my son will ask me questions like something as simple as if somebody throws litter. Well, there's a ripple effect, like you were saying. Yeah, I'll, I'll go a different route with sustainability. But I could tell you that all of this conversation 
over 10 years ago would never even cross my mind. I, I would like, okay, so what? Like, it makes no difference to me. I didn't, I would never have thought who cares about how much water it takes to, to make beef or transfer. Like, I don't care. Cause that's not, has nothing to do with me. But when you transition to this lifestyle, you become aware of like what I said earlier, you become aware of what you're putting into your body, which leads to better awareness about everything around you, which we talk about the planet and the animals and the water and, but that all came later. So it was an evolving, I guess, experience to be able to understand all of this and understand sustainability and all the research that goes into it. But when I hear the word sustainability, I, I know a lot of people will say, but you're eating plants, you're eating lettuce. That's not long-term sustainability. You can't survive eating that kind of food. Where are you getting your protein from? Where are you getting your calcium from? You can't just not eat meat. That's not sustainable. And that is completely incorrect because you could thrive on a plant-based diet. There's tons of options. You don't just eat lettuce and our bodies can definitely be sustainable by eating plant foods. And so that's just my little twist on sustainability, bringing it to the food that we're consuming as people and building awareness into that and everything around us at the same time. You know, and I agree that the awareness may not have been there in your life, but I think that what may have appeared initially as something so scary, you took it in such a positive direction. And now it will impact not only you in your lifestyle with your wife, but future generations, your children now watch you and see you're the role model, you're the example. Yeah, it's That's just a beautiful hope. thing. It's just a beautiful thing to be as conscious as you. I know you say you're not perfect. We all know we're, we're not perfect, but you guys lead a beautiful life full of examples for the next generation. So we are so thankful that you're again on this show with us. And yes, you're hearing my, my son uh, with us. He just joined us. <laughs> Sorry about that for the listeners. So our final question is, what insights would you share with our audience on how to live with intention? I think that it's important to remember to be kind to yourself. And intention and kindness begins with you. And then it can go to your children or your partner or your business associates, your parents, your extended family, your friends, strangers that you meet in the street. I think that when we lose ourselves, we might feel like we need to fake it with other people. But when we do the inward work and we're kind to ourselves and we say, today, I'm going to concentrate on, you know, <laughs> being in the moment or today I'm going to concentrate on being at peace or being kind to myself or kind to others and taking one little step at a time. And then you could kind of build from there and it will ripple to everybody else, but you're going to find yourself really unbalanced and unaligned if it doesn't start within. And I think that's what's really important. It's super important. And that's something that I think a lot of people miss out on. And they like mothers, especially they're worried about taking care of the husband and the kids and they don't really think about themselves. And it's, it's very simple and said before that if you don't take care of yourself, you can't expect to take care of other people. So that's super important. I, I think intention comes from the awareness that you have, which starts with the gratitude that you find. 
And that's why we start our podcast off with a moment of gratitude every single show. That's why when I wake up in the morning, my feet hit the floor and I give myself a moment of gratitude to just think of what I'm grateful for, even if it's just waking up that morning. Because at one time, that was told to me that it wouldn't be the case. So for somebody that wants to start building intention into their lives, I would say the first step that they might want to take would take a moment to be grateful for something. And it could be the smallest thing. It could be the air that you breathe. It could be, you know, having a bed to sleep in or a house over your head. It doesn't have to be something massive, but take a moment to just reflect because the reflection is going to allow you to be more aware, which is going to lead to more intention in everything that you do. Absolutely. And it's the fundamental law of attraction, right? Like when you're grateful and you have those feelings, that's the kind of feelings that are going to keep coming to you because of the laws of attraction. So absolutely so much. part of something, listening to it. And they talked about, do you do these deeper, longer meditations or scientifically should you do shorter ones through the day, like micro ones? And the truth is little sprinkling gratitude and appreciation through the day it, 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 it's probably even one day be shown that scientifically it's helping your body because you're sending these signals to your body and it's, it's uplifting. So uh, we are so grateful. Yeah. Speaking of gratitude, we are so, so grateful that you were able to be on the podcast with us. It, it, I mean, you don't, you have no idea how Shilpa and I were just so excited to have you. Thank, well, thank you. you so much for having us. It's it's really been a pleasure of ours to be here and, and share with you. So we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description and please subscribe, follow, and share. And continue to be omnipresent.